This morning on the third hour of today, on the job in the great outdoors. This is your office. Not a bad office if I do say so myself. I ventured out of my neck of the woods to find out what it takes to be a national park ranger. Then, a chemistry professor experimenting with a new way to teach kids science. Bringing pop culture and dance moves into the lab, wait till you see the reaction from his students. Then behind a brand that went from an idea to sweet success. We knew that we were onto something. Dylan getting the scoop on Van Leeuwen ice cream. All that and more today, Tuesday, December 26th, 2023. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third hour of today. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas day. Everybody have a good one? Yes. Uh, yes, I think I'm it was delightful. thinking it was great. And we're yeah. happy you're with us this morning. Absolutely. Day after Christmas. <laughs> All right, so we, we want to bring in the hour with a question uh, okay. for you. If you go out to dinner with somebody, who should pick up the check? Or well, do you are you asking it? Craig, like, if you two went out to dinner? He picks it up. He's got more money. What? <laughs> is that the rule? That's the rule. And you have shorter arms. But that is kind of what some people do. They I thought that was the rule. I mean, but I feel like it shouldn't be, but it is kind of. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know what I do? If I enjoy the person's company, I'll offer to pay, and then I'll say, you can do it next time. And then that way, you know, there will be a next, a next time. time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, according to Southern Clearly, Living, yeah. which, uh, uh, of course, is the, like the Bible. That's the gold standard. Yeah, Betty Joe. What do they say? Uh, they says, Whoever they, says, they say, say whoever <laughs> initiated initiated the meal should offer oh, cover the bill oh, unless fair. it's a birthday celebration, group gathering, or or something that's been yeah. Formally I invite hosted. you. Yeah, I'm going to treat you to a meal. Yes. I think that's true. Yeah, how many interns have invited me to lunch and dinner? But you don't make them pay. No, no, no. that's what I'm saying. That's a, you can't. No. So do, that. do you pay always because you I make do. more money? I feel money. like it's the price of playing ball. Yeah, I, I generally. Yeah. I mean, listen. We've been blessed. Yeah. Yes. We typically get stuck with a check as a result. <laughs> when you it's go, okay. But you know why I like to pay sometimes? Why? why? This is going to sound, I, this is gonna sound terrible. Why you said it. Because I like to go to the restaurants I enjoy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sure. No, so you, you like to order the bottle of wine you yeah. want right. to drink. And so if I'm paying for it, I don't right. have to feel guilty. Yes, I, I agree. It's a bougie katuji place. He yeah. can just he'll pay for it. What did you just call it? Bougie katuji. It's, it's a Chanelism. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, But when Al goes out. You, you know you're going to be treated to a nice meal. There you go. Yes. Well, usually it, I just have people over. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I don't have to pay for it. He has like bougie katuji lettuce. It's, it's <laughs> from where? Tahiti? From Tahiti. <laughs> don't, we were you not did make go. us the best tuna fish it sandwich like I've ever had in my life. It was the best sandwich we've ever had. What was the secret to it? Dylan? It, tuna from Tahiti. The tuna was, tuna was not Here's from the thing. Tahiti. Dylan was like, oh my God, these tomatoes are so good. Well, I bought them on this island. <laughs> and this, and then the <laughs> I got I got them at Fairway, for gosh sake. Fairway's a great grocery store. (laughs) But he is able to source ingredients that the average person can't source. What? They they can't walk to a grocery store? I go to the same place everybody goes. We don't all have a farmer. What? A farm. You have the farm in the back. You do have a farm. You call a farmer. All right. You, You guys have places where you could plant things? We do. I have, I have my olive tree that we got on the show. Can you believe it? It's National Thank You Note Day. Yes. Oh, this is your yes. day. This is but your according to a recent Wall Street Journal article, that. well, you haven't said anything. <laughs> uh, Just a nice they oh, say no. it's time to give the handwritten thank you note a rest. They, no, say, what? they say this is the Wall Street no, Journal. No, 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 no. A, a respected publication. <laughs> says that writing a thank you note can feel like a chore on a growing to-do I list. Yeah, I, I, disagree. Disagree. I disagree with that, I too. Disagree Absolutely. With that. Wow, where are you now? Yeah. And here's that. the thing. I would, I would maintain that now 
the handwritten thank you note is even more important. More than ever. Absolutely. Because everyone's always texting. I was actually going to just start having Calvin write thank you notes. Yes. And putting them in the mail and learning how to write a letter and address an envelope. Going to the post office. Yes. Mailing them. I took the boys to the post office the other day. They're like, this, what is this I just place? realized this story is not that interesting. When's that yeah. stop you? But it was fascinating because it was Rusty and Ollie, and I brought them into like the big post office, and I was like, and that's where you put the letters, and that's where they sort the mail, and it was. Well, that's good. Well, that's that's, nice. that's, that's fine. Well, story. no, there was in fact there's another story. I'm glad you didn't give us that. It was less interesting. <laughs> I wanted to buy nice Christmas stamps, but the line was really oh, long. Okay. The oh, line was right. really long, so I went to one of the self-service kiosks, right? Because and you have to use that. Woo! <laughs> no, and then it made, I needed a hundred stamps, and it made me print out each individual stamp that wasn't Christmassy, that it. wasn't nice. No, and I and I had to wait for about twenty minutes for each individual stamp to print out, and it was like a. It's kind of what this feels like right now. <laughs> You should have gone with your gut on that one. Okay. When you stopped your stuff at the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm not And you just yeah. kept going. But she, like, doubled down and kept going. <laughs> so if you, if you got my Christmas card, it didn't have a nice Christmas stamp on it. Oh, God! <laughs> well, this is a fun one. An online tutoring company called Preply yes. surveyed nearly 1,000 people to find out the most popular positive phrases that they can't stand. Oh. Okay. So here's uh, some results. Oh, this is this like your mark. I know. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. Live, laugh, love. I don't have that yeah. on a piece of wood. It is what it is. I do say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happiness it is, is a is. choice. You do say it is I do what it is. And I find it very what? annoying. It is what it is. Uh, no, I find it's it very dismissive. Off. Yes. Yeah. It is what it is. It is that's what right. it is. What are you well, going to do? That's how it's meant. Uh, good vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Good vibes only and carpe diem. I don't know. People are still saying carpe diem. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's that. those are those guys who are still, uh, you know, thinking about the Roman Empire. Right. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Is there a phrase that gets on your nerves? Um, no, not really. No. Look, people say what they say. You know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, although one of my favorites is from The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible. We get there when we get there. <laughs> I, I um I do find the older I get, the more I use a lot of the same phrases. Yeah, yeah. Like in my house, I, one of the things I always say, also a variation of the Incredibles, if everything is special, nothing is special. Yeah, you know. Can't miss you if you don't leave. That's I have a right. Favorite, I have a How favorite. Twenty twenty three. What's that? How do it know? How do yeah, it how know? Do it we know. do that all the time. I don't even know where did they do. I don't even know where that came from. Well, it's it's an old it's an old joke. Goes back. Flip Wilson told this years ago. Oh, uh, and, and it, it's uh, it was basically about uh, the thermos keeps hot stuff hot, cold stuff cold. How do we know? Oh, I know. We started using it during a segment <laughs> earlier. I think it was earlier this year, maybe and last year. It. I think it was last. Yeah, year. I did. I did. That's I did. Funny. Okay, so here's what. Here's another one. Okay, are you a fan of or sent of sending or receiving? Voice notes or no. audio messages. Oh, God, no. stop doing If that. I wanted yeah. to listen to your voice, I would call you. Right. That's right. Get the voice machine. Yes. Get Bring back the voice machine. Exactly. I the message. I feel bad I know. if you do I that. I'm sorry. In behalf of all of them. Do I you, don't do want do to listen to I can't figure it. out how they do it. And then how do we do it? You beat me. See, to me, just a short text. I don't want to have to listen to it. Now, listen, if it was something where somebody leaves you something, you know, sentimental. But then call and leave a typical voice. Exactly. Although Vox conducted a survey and found that 62% of Americans say that they've sent a voice message. I can't figure out it. 30% communicate Hmm. by voice messages weekly, daily, or multiple times a day. I would find that so annoying. Just call. Just Just call. 
or a short yeah. text. There are people who do that in my DMs on my Instagram. Send you videos? Yeah, do you guys get that? That's what? weird. <laughs> like the voice notes. They, no. What do they call and tell you on your D, in yeah. your DMs? Are they strangers? <laughs> like, do you know these people? Sometimes I know them. <laughs> and they're sending you voice. What do they say? Give me an example. Like, hey, no, Chanel. No, because then you'll, you'll figure out who it is. And oh. I don't oh. Wow. So maybe what you could do yeah. is write a letter. To her? Give it to Dylan. <laughs> And she could take the boys to the post office and wait in line for some, some festive I should have just waited Valentine's in line. Stand. That's the moral of the story. I should oh, have waited in go. line instead of going to a kiosk. See, things worthwhile are worth waiting for. I thought they'd put the stamps in the kiosk. How do you not put just basic stamps I, you know, in the computerized kiosk? This harkens back to, harkens back okay. to our long national nightmare from several months ago. Oh my God, with those suitcases, if you the, the luggage. There are ways that societies should work, and I run <laughs> into often deal. occasions but, but, where but here's the deal. doesn't the, work as it should. The, the stamps that you go, when you go up to the line, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, there are many, you know, uh, uh, philatelists like to believe, like to Ooh, collect, like today. to collect stamps. Philatist. So those stamps, those stamps that you get, those are well-made stamps. Yes. The stamps that you get at the kiosk are just laser but, printed. Like, so they're, they're, right, they're not why special. Can't they put a, a, oh, why can't they just like put nice stamps? I want a nice stamp. Then you wait in line. I didn't know that. And I already put in my order and I couldn't cancel oh, my order. So, so I had to get like there for a hundred oh. stamps. And you get all those kids too. Yes. That's, that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's well, I hope you enjoyed your day this morning. The day this morning. No, this, the, the people are just starting their day. <laughs> we it got just, you off it to just the right feels start. like the day is over oh. because this has gone on forever. Are you getting stabbed by these, like, pine? They're, like, going right into my They're leg. screaming rap. That, you know it's time to rap when you're complaining about stuff poking you. <laughs> when we come back, yeah. our series Dad's Got This. A man whose own father inspired him to do something pretty amazing that changed the lives of three young brothers. And then later, Mr. Roker gets his badge of honor when he takes us on the job as a National Park Ranger. Did you wear the hat? I did not get to wear it. Oh, oh, no. It's still a cool story. That's right. Third hour today, right back after this. It'll have your stamp of approval. <laughs> it took We are back with a great story of love and family from our series, Dad's Got This. I recently met a man who made a life-changing decision, not just for himself. He's now a single father of three young brothers, and his journey is guided by the memory of his own father. Hi. Oh! This isn't just a dad and his three boys passing the pigskin. There's so much more to this story. I discovered um, a path where you can foster to adopt. What better way than to to change the trajectory of someone's life by bringing them into your home and just trying to show them that somebody cares for them, right? At age 45, Jason Smith took a leap into the unknown by fostering three brothers, Tavon, Irion, and Tavion, ages 9, 10, and 11. His home would be their sixth foster placement in the last five years. You didn't decide to just foster one child. No, no. <laughs> no, you decided, you know what? I think I could do three. <laughs> was, was that the plan from the beginning? Craig, that was not the plan from the beginning. So when you swing, your hand will go right over this, right? Right in between there. Jason took a nine-week training program with the Department of Family Services in his home state of Nevada. 
they prepare you almost for the worst, right? To help you understand this is a different type of kid. Yep. And here's what they may come with. And here's how you deal with that. You have a lot of choice and decision in that process. Yeah. And so do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? Do you want a kid with special needs? Do you, you know, so I was looking for a son, right? That I can potentially be a great match for. And in the process of looking at children, their profiles, I saw this sibling group. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that's some handsome kids. And I read their stories, cool. And I clicked on them and it seemed like fate and destiny wanted us to be connected. During this time, Jason was freshly grieving the death of his own father, Tucker. I lost him in June 30th, 2021. I dealt with it, I flew home, did the arrangements, and um, I think I'm still dealing with that a little bit. Each day is better, yeah. but I feel pretty strongly that uh, his spirit is with me and guiding me and making things happen. It would seem to me that out of that tragedy, you decided to turn it into something good. Is, is that how you would describe your journey to fatherhood? It inspired me to take action. Um, I'd always toyed with the idea of having kids, right? And in the moment where he passed, I was like, damn, yeah, I never gave him grandkids. After a six month foster, Jason jumped at the opportunity to adopt the brothers. They call him Papa Jay. Three, two, one, family. Before we were living with Papa Jay, we, we always used to like hop from foster home to foster home. He's actually funny, nice, super nice actually. And like, he's just like the, like the big dad that I never actually had before. And most importantly, he loves us and we love him. What's your hope for your family going forward? I just want to see them grow up to be smart, intelligent, great black men to, to make a difference, to take their experience and use that to do some amazing things. What do you think Tucker would, would say about all of this? He's so proud. He'd be so elated. No one in the street could tell him that those are not his grandkids by blood. He is proud of you, so. I think so. I don't think a lot of folks are, so myself included. Thank you. So Jason and his family are thriving, uh -huh. and he's even now working on starting his own nonprofit. Oh, it was one of my great. favorite dads yeah. got this. Yeah, uh, a good one. One stories of the year. So yeah. what a great story. Thank All right, you. well, just ahead, we're gonna take you to one of the most beautiful places in the country when I get to go on the job as a national park ranger. And then Dylan's gonna bring us a sweet story, taking us behind the brand that began with a simple idea ice cream for all third hour today i'll be back in just 60 seconds back now with our series on the job so yesterday dylan took us to fenway park this morning we're going to head to the shenandoah national park in virginia over a million people visit each year recently i got to visit and found out why when i spent the day as a park ranger this is Shenandoah National Park, nearly 200,000 acres of protected land extending along the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, just 75 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Good, Carl, nice to meet you. Great to meet you, too. Great to have you in the park. I am so excited. My guide slash instructor for the day, Ranger Carl Rand, to show me what it takes to protect this land. I understand, Carl, that you were once a junior ranger. I was. I grew up visiting national parks. That's kind of what sparked my passion for the outdoors. And essentially, that's what put me in the big hat here today. 
Ranger Rand growing up taking family vacations to national parks, later becoming a park ranger at Yellowstone, Olympic, and now Shenandoah National Park. First order of business, getting officially sworn in as a junior ranger. I will teach all of my friends. I will teach all of my friends. How to protect. How to protect. The natural world. The natural world. All right, thank you very much, Junior Ranger, for all of your hard work. Oh. And welcome to Shenandoah Rangers. I've got a badge, and I've got power, and I'm going to use it. My first task as a Junior Ranger, raising the flag to open the park, a tradition started by the Civilian Conservation Corps. We'll raise it swift. Next, we packed up to go on what the rangers call a rove. What that means is we're hiking, talking to visitors, making sure people are being safe, they know where they're going. Our checklist was? First and foremost, being water. water. Yes. Navigation, bug spray, first aid kit, fluorescent safety vest, flashlight, sunglasses. Mm -hmm. A little snack. All right, let's rove. And now we're on this, this iconic road, uh, Skyline Drive. Yeah. How long is this thing? Skyline Drive is 105 miles. There's about 75 different overlooks overlooking the iconic Shenandoah Valley. Our road began at mile 917 of the famous Appalachian Trail. There's something here, what, this scat. What, what kind of... It, <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked because... That's going to be a domestic dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's not any wildlife. It's just... Well, no. Besides the wildlife, there's the, all this plant life as well. Over 2,000 different species of flora here in the parks. Why are the park rangers such an integral part, so important to the National Park Service? One thing that people expect when they come to a National Park Service site mm -hmm. is a ranger. Right. Mm -hmm. They are protecting the visitors. They are protecting the resource. This is your office. Not a bad office, if I do say so myself. In fact, hold on just a sec, just... I mean, <laughs> this is crazy. This is complete silence. Yep. Finally running into some visitors. Do you have bug spray? No. <laughs> hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I got one for you on your right. There you go, right here. <laughs> Actually really need this. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great time. Enjoy the park. Thank you. Alrighty. <laughs> so exciting. My first park goers. <laughs> we continued the rove at the Dark Hollow Falls Trail. You've got water to go in and everything yeah. like that? Yep, we're prepared. Have a wonderful trip. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. And by trip, we don't mean falling. <laughs> yes, yes. And my final duty as a junior ranger. Who's ready to become a junior ranger? Mm -hmm. Let's see your hands. Swearing in the next cohort. So I'm gonna have all of you stand up straight and tall for me. Raise your favorite hand and repeat after me. As junior rangers, as junior rangers, we promise, we promise to do everything we can to help preserve and protect Shenandoah National Park. Thank you very much, Junior Rangers, for all of your hard work. Let's give the Junior Ranger salute. Salute! And with that, my job was done. Passing on the torch. I want to send out a huge thank you to Ranger Carl Rand, the staff at Shenandoah National Park, for letting me tag along. They also say winter is a great time mm -hmm. to visit the park because of the spectacular views, and it's a heck of a lot less yeah, crowded. Yeah. Uh, so to go there, just check their website to make sure the Skyline Drive is open. One of the best parts of this country. Yes. Our national national parks. Parks. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we wait until the kids are a little older so we could just visit them. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, just ahead, meet the chemistry professor experimenting with dance 
pop culture, and history all in the same lab. But first, the story behind Van Leeuwen ice cream, how they turned one truck into a booming business. We'll be right back. It is winter break for kids across the country, and teachers are getting a well-deserved break, too. Earlier this year, we shined a light on a college professor who is spreading joy beyond the classroom. He's using dance with science and creating a new kind of chemistry with his students. When I got into teaching, I did not think I would become a dancer in the chemistry lab with my students. Every week, Professor Andre Isaacs and his students are conducting research. So what are our yields looking like? And learning choreography. All right, I think I can do that. You got it. The Associate Professor of Chemistry at the College of the Holy Cross is fusing pop culture with science lessons on TikTok. The reaction? More than 480,000 followers and more than 4 million views. As an elder millennial, I don't think my body moves the way in which Gen Zs um, do. And in that moment, we're kind of flipping the switch, right? The student became the teacher and the teacher became the student. His videos often feature an experiment. I'm going to take this rosé and I'm going to turn it into milk. A history lesson? Let me introduce you to African-American chemist Alma Hayden and a trending dance, complete with his popular rainbow lab coat. 80 degrees. 65, actually. 65. But it's not all play. We spend a significant amount of time doing research, and in our downtime, we, we like to create videos. For Professor Isaacs, engaging his students through social media has strengthened his bond with them. They come into our classrooms and they have to make themselves vulnerable about their, you know, intelligence, about, you know, what they know. But that doesn't happen on the other side, right? The faculty member doesn't have to be vulnerable. It was so important to students for me to have like a growth mindset to remind them that I believe in them. They can do this much as my students said, I think you can handle this stance. And that's been kind of a, a guiding principle because now this, you've been, you're more vulnerable with, with their students and so they trust you more. The whole point of the dancing is to meet students where they're at in whatever ways they need. As a black and queer scientist, the professor is using his platform to create more interest and inclusivity in STEM. I think for a lot of students, seeing someone who holds all these intersectional identities thriving in the space and, and having that sense of belonging is, is really inspiring um, a lot of younger folk. Professor Isaac's mentorship and fun approach to chemistry is what drew his students to the subject. He sees his students and the people in his research groups as true people and really tries to kind of cultivate their interests and passions and what they want to do beyond chemistry. Chemistry in, its, in of itself is difficult and just being able to do chemistry while having fun uh, is something to really enjoy. And for the chemistry professor, that's what success looks like to him. It's very important for us to realize that science can be conducted by anyone, right? And, and it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter how you identify. I want students to realize that their, whatever they bring is an asset, right? And that science is better when people bring their, their unique qualities and skills to the table. But as far as his dancing goes... He is a little bit of a slow learner, but he is a great dancer. For now, Professor Isaacs is encouraging the next generation of scientists to step into their element. All right, let's do it. Showtime.
In recent years, Professor Isaacs has seen an increase in applications to be part of his lab crew and an increase in students declaring chemistry as their major. He's not sure if that's because of his social media, but his videos are definitely bringing awareness to the subject. Did you major in chemistry? You had a chemistry interest. I I was interested in math, physics, and all that kind of stuff. Math, physics, science, chemistry, all good stuff. Making chemistry cool. Listen, it's important. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, well, now to a sweet story from our series Behind the Brand. A few months ago, I had the chance to meet the team behind Van Leeuwen. I got the scoop on how they grew their business from a tiny truck to an ice cream empire. We want to make products that people taste and want to keep eating. Ben Van Leeuwen, Pete Van Leeuwen, and Laura O'Neill are the minds behind the artisanal ice cream company, Van Leeuwen. Just touch on the dynamics of of this trio here. Pete, you're the older brother. Ben, you're the younger brother. Laura, you're Ben's ex-wife. Yes, and he's my ex-husband. And he's your (laughs) ex-husband, yes. So how does this work to keep this company running? There's no filter, there's no inhibition which sometimes makes things hard, but what's even better and what cancels that out is like, there's complete and utter trust. It all started with Ben's sweet gig, driving an ice cream truck as a teenager. After college, I said, huh, I wanna do something in food. The only thing I know about is running an ice cream truck. And at that time there weren't ice cream trucks serving super high quality ice cream. So I said, let's do this. I called these guys and that was kind of the start. The co-founders bought two 1980s decommissioned step vans off of eBay, renovated them inside and out, and got the wheels rolling. It all started in my apartment on Driggs Avenue right here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah, and Ben and Laura (laughs) moved in. We wrote a business plan. We developed some of our first formulations and then sort of ruminated on the dream for a little while. We invited 30 or maybe 40 friends over and they tasted probably 100 ice cream. Yeah. Like wow. 15 chocolates, 15 different vanillas, Sicilian pistachio, Turkish pistachio, strawberries from different places. Pete, how would you say it was received right off the bat? From day one when we drove up to the corner of Princeton Green and a line formed and it really didn't stop for that entire summer, we knew that we were onto something and doing something right. A year or so later, Van Leeuwen opened their first brick-and-mortar location right in the Brooklyn neighborhood where it all began. But the team doesn't want to sugarcoat the journey. It's right here, eight years into the business. At this factory, our entire company's inventory sat in one walk-in freezer, and somebody left the door of that walk-in freezer open. I entered the factory to see a beautiful river of pink, white, brown ice cream pouring in and I walked into the freezer and there were hundreds and hundreds maybe thousands of tubs collapsing upon themselves crushed and I don't know what we did I guess we made more ice cream I know what we did we we all came here and we salvaged what we could and we cleaned it all up and we dusted ourselves off and we kept on going today Van Leeuwen is celebrating 15 years in business has nearly 50 scoop shops across the country and can be found in the freezer aisle at stores like Walmart, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. They're also known for their surprising brand collaborations and unique flavors like honeycomb, black cherry chip, and lemon poppy seed muffin. What advice do you have for someone who's, you know, whether it's in the food industry or just in general, to start a business? Make sure it's your passion because running a business is not, it's not a quick thing. You'll wake up one day and you've been doing it for 15 years and you want to still be excited about it. It's also important to stay like reinvigorated 
Uh, we always work scoop shop, mm, like shifts. You actually work scoop. We We still do, all of really? us. There is nothing in this business, to me, that's more rewarding and fulfilling than like handing off an ice cream cone to somebody. Well, I'd love to see how this all gets made. Yeah. Can I get a little tour? Absolutely. Let's take a look. Ben treated me to a factory tour and put me right to work, helping the crew mix the flavor of the day, Earl Grey tea. Oh my gosh, it is a giant tea bag. Yeah. That's really good. For a cherry on top, we hopped on board the iconic ice cream truck with Pete and Laura for my very own scoop shift. What can I get for you? A recipe for a perfect day. Guys, thanks for letting me crash the party. Thank you so much for coming. 15 years. Congratulations. Thanks. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Now, naturally, Van Leeuwen is embracing the holiday season, too, with a limited-time peppermint Ooh. stick flavor. You know, they've got a store right downstairs. It's so good. good. Is it yummy? It's good ice cream. Yeah, it's very good. Good ice cream. All right, coming up, we're going to shine a light on a piece of waterfront property Ooh. with spectacular views and a pretty long history. Third hour of today, right back after this. We're back with our series, The Upside, with a the bright idea. How would you like to own a lighthouse? Mm. NBC's Jesse <laughs> Kirsch recently found out about a, a very unique piece of waterfront property. They're big, bright symbols of summer, protecting mariners from perilous coastlines and attracting tourists with stunning panoramas. But it turns out lighthouses can be even more. You might live by the water. You might even have a spiral staircase like this in your vacation home. But how many of you have something like this on the top floor? An actual working beacon. That's because I'm not just at the top of a house right now. I'm on top of a lighthouse. Sheila Consul thought this Lake Erie lighthouse was such a great escape, she bought it for about $71,000. That might sound like a steal, but this Cleveland area home has no heat or air conditioning. Electricity largely comes by generator, and Sheila says showers meant jumping in the lake for nine years before she could get running water. Once you found out you could own a lighthouse, at that point, did you need to own a lighthouse? No, and a lot of people ask me if I always loved lighthouses. I mean, I liked lighthouses, they were fine, but once I saw this, the historic opportunity there was to save it, what it could become, knowing that this was going to be my front yard, then I was sold. So come on in. The nearly 100-year-old house has some quintessential historic lighthouse charm. Upstairs, serenity. Here we are, Lake County, Ohio. Sheila added some creature comforts, too. Granite countertops, appliances, cabinets. This was all brought in by boat. That's because her front yard is in Ohio State Park. Running errands means a roughly 20-minute walk to her car each way. But the walk alone, a lot of people would look at this and be like, I don't have time for this. Yes. No, but once you get out there, there's 360 degrees of water. The views are unbelievable from the top. You add that to the intrigue and to the uniqueness. It's what I call the ultimate summer home. Intrigued? Well, good news. You can own a lighthouse, too, thanks to the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act. With improved navigation technology available, the federal government publicly auctions off lighthouses. Robin Carnahan is administrator of the U.S. General Services Administration. 
the Coast Guard didn't need all of these lighthouses, but knew they were important for our communities and for our history. So we went historic house hunting with a twist. You thought walking the better part of 20 minutes to your lighthouse was tough? Try having to get there by boat. We hitched a ride with the U.S. Coast Guard into Cleveland's Harbor. That was the easy part. <laughs> I will stay on land. I will take the one on land. Another challenge, this lighthouse comes as is. Tough considering the Coast Guard doesn't focus on peeling paint. Our mission, unfortunately, isn't the preservation of historical aspects. It is the safety of the mariners, i.e. the light, the sound. But if you buy the lighthouse, you have to maintain it. Many of them are over 100 years old, so it's not like they're falling down, but they need some TLC. This lighthouse needs a lot of TLC. One of the first things you might want to do if you move in is take care of the spider webs. Still, picture-perfect views with some curveballs. Scenery. Whoa, that's a big bug. Not intimidated? Right now, there are four lighthouses up for auction, including this one. With minimum bids ranging from ten dollars to $50,000, you can help history live on. Just like how Sheila Consul sees herself preserving a community icon. I am really a steward of this lighthouse. There's only so many lighthouses in the United States. And if people don't step up and take care of them, they're going to be gone. Jesse Kirsch, thank you, sir. Since that story first aired, by the way, those four lighthouses were auctioned off for more than a million dollars, making 2023 the most active lighthouse season ever. Didn't even know you could buy a lighthouse. I, I didn't either. You notice when like you a lot of work mentioned though. it, we all said, Ooh, I'd love yes. to spend the night in a lighthouse. Yeah. I'm surprised. Ooh, that's you a good buddy yeah. up. That would be a good one. We could all, you know, Ooh, we, we'd we have to bring our own bulb. Ghost story. Bring our own what? Bring our own bulb. For the lighthouse. lighthouse. But I'll fall. Third hour of today, I'll be right back. Tomorrow on the third hour of today, behind a delicious brand, Crumble Cookies. Hoda and Jenna are up next. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.